0: You are Locked On, Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome into today's episode of Locked On, Nittany Lions, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day my name is kevin mcguire i'm a contributor to athlonsports.com happy to be with you here as always as your host of the locked on Nittany lines podcast we do have a big crossover interview that we are going to get to in today's episode but we are going to start off today's podcast with the latest news regarding penn state's running back noah kane and the unfortunate situation is He's not going to be around for the rest of the year. I've got some thoughts on that. We'll touch on that in our opening segment. Then we'll move over to our crossover interview with our friend Jay Stevens, the host of the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. Get his take on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Of course, this weekend's opponent for Penn State on the schedule. So lots of stuff to get into in today's episode. It's going to be a fun interview. Hope you enjoy it. Make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you never miss a single episode as we put these out Monday through Friday, throw out some bonus episodes here and there as well. We are on all the major podcasting platforms, so make sure you hit that subscribe button and whatever you're using to listen to today's podcast. And then please consider leaving a rating and review. It'll really help us out moving forward as we continue to try and grow the show. And we just want to make this something that you enjoy listening to, but also want to share with your friends and your family, your fellow Penn State fans, put it on at the Penn State socially distanced tailgating situation, whatever you may be doing this year. We want to make this something that you enjoy coming back to even when times are tough. And certainly the last few days have been pretty tough for Penn State football. But we try to keep a little bit of an optimistic eye moving forward as well. We also will invite you to stay socially connected with us on all of our social media platforms. We are using the username Locked on Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch. So whatever you use, whatever of those social media platforms you prefer, we are trying to be accessible and communicate with you and interact with you guys because this is what it's all about, right? We wanna put out some thoughts. We wanna hear your thoughts. We wanna get your questions. We always have our Twitter Tuesday episode, which we posted yesterday. You can always send us questions. That's one way to stay interactive. And of course, we just enjoy trying to reach out to as many people as we possibly can and try to get you guys involved in our show moving forward. So again, make sure you're subscribed, make sure you're following on all those social media accounts. And without any further delay, let's get into the big news of the day. Heading into the 2020 college football season, we knew that one of the biggest strengths that Penn State had going for it was going to be the depth that they have at the running back position. Journey Brown, Noah Kane, this was going to be a dynamic running back duo for Penn State, potentially one of the best in the Big Ten, if not the country.
0: Is (laughs) this a joke?
1: Yeah, so about that. Obviously, we knew last week and we discussed on the podcast here the status of Journey Brown being that he was potentially going to be missing the entire 2020 season due to an undisclosed health concern. We still don't know exactly what the specifics of that health concern are, nor should we expect to find out any information along the way. Uh, I do think, though, that it's pretty serious and whatever the case may be, we have to hope that whatever the situation is for Journey Brown, that he is taking care of himself as best as possible. Penn State looking out for him as well and helping him along the way during whatever he is whatever it is that he is dealing with and of course we'll wish him the best of luck and maybe someday we'll see him again in a penn state uniform or another football uniform we don't know i'm not shutting the door entirely because i don't know what the situation is but we obviously knew that he was not going to be suiting up for penn state in their season opener on the road against indiana although i do believe he traveled with the team if i'm not mistaken i thought i saw some reports or some confirmation from reporters at the game saying that he was at the game you know, just not dressed in uniform so he's going to be around the program that's always good to see but i do think that that certainly uh, was a little bit of a concern going into the first game of the year against indiana not having your star running back from the cotton bowl last year and i still thought that penn state's running depth was going to be okay because they still had noah kane as long as he stayed healthy and of course i, th- I think that Devin ford was going to be a complimentary back as well i still thought that they had good running back depth Fast forward to Saturday or rewind to Saturday, if you will. And Noah Cain lasts, what, one play at the most before he is taken out of the game. And we never see him again on Saturday. Devin Ford becomes the main running back. who carries the bulk of the carries throughout the game. And of course, he had the touchdown uh, that is, you know, we're not going to rehash that at this point, but we're going to move on for that. But looking back at it, uh, you didn't have Journey Brown. You didn't have Noah Cain. All of a sudden, the running back depth while there's still good talent there and potential there, you're talking about some young guys that are inexperienced and uh, that depth that was supposed to be a strength for Penn State and Penn State's offense is all of a sudden shot. So we go about the next couple of days wondering what exactly is the status for Noah Kane. And on Tuesday, James Franklin, during his regularly scheduled media rounds, confirmed that Noah Kane is going to be out for the entire 2020 season. I don't know if there are specifics on what that injury status is, but this is another major blow to Penn State's offense, Penn State's running game, and just in the span of a week, Penn State loses their top two running backs, who I really did feel was potentially the best running back combo in the Big Ten. Journey Brown and Noah Kane running the football was going to be really difficult for a lot of teams to handle this year. Then throw in the fact that Sean Clifford can take off and run, Uh, you know, mix in Devin Ford in spots and maybe not have to use him as your primary back. This is a much different approach now with what Penn State is going to have to do with its offense and its running game. And by the way, there's a pretty big game this weekend against one of the best teams in the country, not just the Big Ten. Ohio State is clearly the team to beat in the Big Ten. And seeing what they did on Saturday, it's going to be a tough matchup. And we already knew that. And now you don't have your top two running backs. So you're asking some guys in that running back room to really step up their game in a big way in a short amount of time. Because this is a game that's very important for Penn State. If they still want to accomplish some of their goals that they had going into the season, they're still attainable. They're a little bit more challenging, but they're still there and they can still go out and try to find a way to make it work. I don't know what the answer is going to be, but this is just not the best situation for Penn State and their running back situation to be in going into the best game of the year. And I'll touch on two other things real quickly before we get into our first break. Uh, Coming out of work, I saw a couple of alerts on my phone. I typically check them when I leave work so I figure out exactly what needs to be attended to as quickly as possible. And one of the alerts I saw was that James Franklin had confirmed that Noah Kane was going to be out for the year. The other alert I got was a tease from, I think, ESPN that Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence is potentially considering staying at Clemson for another year. Let me just put an end to that discussion right now. There is no way Trevor Lawrence is coming back to play another down for Clemson when this college football season is over. This is just a little bit of NFL draft fodder, college football fodder to kind of entice people to check out what's being said. I don't care what uh, Trevor Lawrence says. He's going to say the smart things. He is going pro. (laughs) There is no reason for him to be coming back and playing another season for Clemson. So let's just put that to rest right now. There is some other news coming out of Wisconsin regarding that quarterback situation. It looks like another quarterback on the Badgers has tested positive for COVID-19. They're heading into what is looking much more like a challenging game against Nebraska this weekend. And not having Jack Cohn, who was already out, not having Graham Mertz, who put on a fantastic debut Friday night against Illinois in his season opening. A performance and now you're down to your fourth string quarterback that is obviously not the situation that wisconsin wants to be in you would expect that their running game is still going to be their strength uh even though they don't have one main feature back like they typically do it's still a running back by committee approach at least at this point in the season but now that was a running game that wasn't at all that great in their first game against illinois they obviously got some plays later on as the game went on, but Nebraska is going to be a little bit of a step up in challenge. I think compared to what Illinois is, given what Nebraska did uh, for a while against Ohio State. So this is a very interesting situation for Wisconsin. It's very unfortunate Wisconsin uh, situation for Wisconsin. So obviously it's just something that we're going to continue to monitor. Uh, again, we don't have any reason to suggest that there's a similar issue going on in Penn State with the running backs. It looks like it's a completely different situation. But either way, Wisconsin, uh, Penn State, down to some key players. One game into the season, not a great look, but we'll see what happens coming into week two. All right, coming up for the rest of the show, we have our crossover interview with our pal Jay Stevens, the host of Locked on Buckeyes. We'll get to that right after this break. I don't know about you guys, but this is the time of year where I am always on the go, go, go. And that's why every Saturday when it comes around, yeah, I'm watching college football. I'm working and I'm discussing the sport with you guys, but I also want to take a moment to chill. And there is no better way to sit back, relax on the couch with a nice cold, refreshing beverage, watching my favorite team play. And right now, the best beverage to have by your side is a nice, cool, refreshing Coors Light. It is mountain cold refreshment, literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for the moment to unwind. And let's face it, you're probably not going to be too unwound this weekend when you're watching Penn State take on Ohio State, but it's always important to take some time for yourself to sit back relax and chill so make sure you have your fridge stocked up with plenty of Coors Light and if it's not don't worry you don't even have to leave the house right now to get more all you have to do is to get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door is go to get.coorslight.com find out how you can get some Coors Light delivered right to you with contactless delivery how cool is that so if your fridge is looking empty make sure you go to get.coorslight.com and Coors Light reminds you to celebrate responsibly Coors Brewing Company Golden Colorado but before you get to the weekend and take that time to unwind, you probably still have to get through your work week. And that means you want to avoid hunger. You want to stay energized. You want to stay full and ready to go and feel good about the food that you're putting into your body. And right now the built Bar is absolutely the best tasting protein bar you could ask for. It is improved. It is more deliciouser than ever. It comes in a new packaging. Even though they've got their 12 original flavors, they also have the six newer flavors, and they're always coming out with some new stuff along the way. You got to follow these guys on Twitter, Bar underscore Built. You can find out all the products that they have coming out. I know they just put out some Built Bar Bites which I'm going to be checking out for sure. But they always have some new flavors that they're teasing. Sometimes there's a little bit of a a short limited supply run. So make sure you're staying connected with them. And also, check out some of the flavors that they have. You know, I'm a big fan of the orange one. That's one of their classic flavors. They also have the mint brownie. There's so many different flavors to choose from. You really do want to check it out for yourself. So go to BuiltBar.com, and you can use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and they're going to give you 20% off your next order. And while supplies last, they're even going to throw in a free cooler with your purchase. So you get some great protein bars, protein bars that taste just like a chocolate bar, by the way. You're going to save 20% on those, and then you're going to get a free cooler. So, once again, go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on. You'll get 20% off your next order. One more time use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. It is my pleasure now to welcome to the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast, our newest addition to the Big Ten Network right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. His name is Jay Stevens. You can check him out as the host of Locked On Buckeyes if you want to get a little bit of a dose of what's going on over in Columbus. Jay, welcome to Locked On Nittany Lions. Welcome to the Locked On Podcast Network, by the way. Long overdue. How are you doing today?
0: Doing very well, Kevin. Thank you for having me on. Glad to be a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the Locked On Big Ten Network. And happy to be here with you today. Big matchup this weekend.
1: Yeah, you might say that. It feels like it's been talked about as the game of the year in the Big Ten, really since we started all these schedule analysis episodes on the Locked On Big Ten podcast. And I'm sure you've talked a little bit about it on Locked On Buckeyes. I know we have it over here on Locked On Nittany Lions. But this is going to be interesting because Penn State obviously coming off a loss. Ohio State coming off a a win that I suspect went according to plan. What would you say about Ohio State's opening debut against the Nebraska Cornhuskers last weekend?
0: The win was good. The win was very good, very, very dominant on all well in the passing game, 20 for 21. You can't script that. You can't try to narrate a story and say, oh, Justin Fields' game number one against Nebraska will go 20 for 21 with the one incompletion, with literally being a drop touchdown because Chris Olave got undercut in the back of the end zone. So, but uh, aside from that, it was a very good win, very enjoyable time to watch footballs. Great to see football back on my TV um, with, with Penn State, Indiana, uh, Michigan, Minnesota, and all the Illinois, Wisconsin on a Friday night, and all the other matchups. It was just great to see football back on TV. The Ohio State side, I mean, it's a, I, I'm very, very critical. So he may maybe saying like, Jay, why do you bring up some of these things so quick? I'm a critical person, especially when you're covering a team that is expected to go undefeated. You have to put them under a microscope and say, oh, all these things are great. These are the little details. They'll put them over the top to be the elitist of the elite. Yeah, the, the game was the game was great, and I, mean, I can't really complain with a 52-17 win over over Nebraska, game number one. Um, but yeah, man, it's great to start the season. Great to get a big win, and uh, excited to have to talk about the matchup this weekend.
1: Let me ask what the, the mindset, I'm guessing you're pretty connected to some Ohio State fans on your side over there. So what is the mindset now, having seen one week of football, having seen what Ohio State did against Nebraska, and what actually unfolded with Penn State and Indiana? We've seen the point spread. It's been a pretty pretty solidly in favor of the Buckeyes. I think it's gone up a couple points since I've seen it, uh, not to be totally unexpected, I think, given what we saw over the weekend. But what is the mindset of the Ohio State fan base as we get prepared for what was being billed as the game of the year in the Big Ten, maybe not so much right now, but still has some pretty high stakes, I think.
0: This is going to sound like... Nittany Lions fans may think that I am um, being a little uh, wrong by saying this, but it still win out, win the win every single game. But the belief still is that Ohio State is the best team in the Big Ten, one of the best teams in the country. That has not gone anywhere. That has not changed. I even saw a person say that they believe that Ohio State, if they keep Sean Clifford in the pocket, which is a big if, as you watched Ohio State's game this past Saturday, Contain was not one of their strong suits. So, I say, if you keep Sean Clifford in the, in the pocket, Ohio State can win by two touchdowns. Last time I checked the spread, it was either 11 or 12 points, 14 points there, you cover the spread. So, that's kind of the mindset. Win big, continue to win. We're better than everybody on our schedule and we have to play like it every single down. You even saw early on in in the Nebraska game, Ohio State didn't start off well. Nebraska scored first drive of the game, went right down the field. Didn't matter. Ohio State made the proper adjustments. They had the better players, and they won the game big. Now, against an opponent like a Penn State or a Michigan or an Indiana, who I am higher on than most people, you can't really have all those hiccups. But at the same time, you are the more talented team, probably the better coach team so if you do have hiccups early your talent and coaching will propel you down the road to win the game
1: jay i happen to be pretty high on indiana too just throwing that out there okay okay <laughs> but Uh, Yeah, I think uh, there are some lessons that can be learned from this past weekend. You know, first of all, you need to bring your A game pretty much every game, right? Especially in a shortened season like this, uh, you know, it's obviously not shortened too much as far as conference play is concerned, but the fact that you're jumping right into conference play, you don't have a lot of time to adjust. I think that was something that Penn State struggled with, not necessarily the case for Ohio State. Maybe it started off a little bit tighter against Nebraska to start with, but once once things get going, Ohio State's talent, Ohio State's depth, that really starts to show the difference between where Ohio State is and where Nebraska is. And that's why, you know, from a Penn State perspective, you're still looking at Ohio State as the measuring state game. Because as I've said before, I mean, Ohio State is the team to beat. They've won this Big Ten championship a few years now. They have set the bar so high. And Penn State has come close, but Close is not good enough. If you're going to try and get into the college football playoff, win a Big Ten, you have to get past Ohio State. That's why I still feel as though Penn State has a lot to play for this weekend. And we said this earlier, but I do feel like Penn State needs to beat Ohio State if they're going to play for a Big Ten championship. That hasn't changed despite losing to Indiana. But I'm kind of curious. What is it about Ohio State that just keeps things chugging along because there is so much talent there. There is so much out there. Is it the fact that they maybe had a better off-season program, offseason practice schedule? I don't know exactly what, what was it about Ohio State where they're able to jump into this season and not really lose too much ticks?
0: Two things. One, player development. You're already recruiting at a high level player development is very, very key. No matter if it's in Ohio State, a Penn State, a Michigan, a Minnesota, no matter what it is, your player development is very, very key. And that goes right along with the coaching. Those kind of go together. The coaching that Ohio State has, the strength and conditioning program that Ohio State has, Ryan Day's ability to connect with everybody early on and get them to buy into the program. Player development has been very, very key because it's not just this year, Kevin. You can go back four, five, six years, Even Urban Meyer's first year where he started to get his program in, get the guys acclimated to his way of doing things because there was a year Luke Fickle in between Jim Trestle and Urban Meyer where there was kind of some uh, uneasy, not sure what the next step was going to be. They already have a great player development program, but also going back to last season, the way that 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 heartbreaking loss to Clemson in the Fiesta Bowl, that's added motivation. We have guys like a Sean Wade who got ejected out of that game. You have a guy like uh, Justin Fields. You have guys, Master Teague was there, didn't get the same kind of run because you're behind J.K. Dobbins. We we get that. Even J.K. Dobbins hobbled. He's going to play in the game. Chris Olave, a bad read, a bad break. Turner gets, gets the, the interception for Clemson, game over. So I really believe the player development, but more importantly, it's truly – the hot, the bad taste in their mouth after the loss to Clemson at the after last season it's really just been the fuel the proper fuel and the proper added motivation for the offseason covid kind of threw th- through a curveball but i think if you would have had a regular 12 game season you would have seen those cup or those mac opponents that ohio state would have been playing you would have said oh, hold on this is a different ohio state team than we expected and i do think that you would find It goes back to Clemson. It goes back to that loss and how the players don't want to duplicate that again this season.
1: You talk so much about the player development. I think one of the key members of that coaching staff over there in Columbus happens to be a former Penn State assistant in Larry Johnson, who just continues to be a master of those defensive linemen. Ohio State has had such a strong lineage of defensive linemen. I think Larry Johnson being brought over by Urban Meyer was one of his better hires. I know he's had a good number of assistant coaches over the years, but that feels like uh, that was a big win for Urban Meyer's first staff, which continues to this day. It, it does. And you think about, think about this. I don't know if any Lions fans know about this
0: story, but I want to talk about this one player, D-line, as you mentioned, that had a real, an unfortunate, odd, crazy, freakish thing happened to him in the offseason Haskell Garrett defensive tackle got shot in the face and I believe I heard the bullet went through both cheeks two months ago and the thought was will Haskell Garrett play and towards the beginning of the season not he's going to play game number one I believe he started the game and have a be, be a big focal point up the middle of him and Tommy Tokyo really being the disruptors that they are up the middle uh, not letting the Running game keep going, like and ha- allowing Nebraska to move the ball in the way that they did. And that just goes, you're used to hearing about the Chase Youngs and um, the Bosa brothers. And if you want to go back to Sam Hubbard and all the defensive ends that Ohio State has, that's great. And I love it. But those guys are in the middle, the D tackles, they're key as well. Haskell Carrot, T- Tommy Togi. I think this weekend, since you already know about, since the players know about how big this game is not just to the Big Ten landscape, but also just to let people know around the country how good they truly are. I think you're going to find a lot of pressure up the middle, not so much from blitzing, but also from the the two guys up up the middle, also the rotation guys as well. Tommy Togiai, Haskell Garrett will, I believe, have big gains this weekend.
1: I think we're both sort of on the same page, that Ohio State is very likely to win this weekend. You already said Ohio State's probably going undefeated. I don't necessarily disagree with that. Uh, I do think it's going to be pretty interesting to see some of these teams that we saw over in week one in the Big Ten. Is that momentum going to carry over week to week, specifically Michigan? Because Michigan looked pretty good. I know Ohio State's going to play them at the end of the season. Penn State will get a crack at them in Ann Arbor a little bit before that. We're not going to worry about Michigan right now. But let's talk about a little bit about this game in particular. Give me your read. What's How's this all going to play out? Is this going to be a dominant Ohio State victory? Is it going to be something that Ohio State's going to be sweating bullets a little bit as they have previous trips to Happy Valley? Where, where do you see this game go?
0: I certainly – my thought going into the how the game will unfold, I don't see – an issue like you saw with Nebraska where Nebraska came out, got an early lead. And I think it was like 14, 14 at one point. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting here watching the game. I'm like, it's just the same team that was so hyped up early in the season. I know Ohio state's probably going to win, but against the Penn state, against the Indiana, against the Michigan big 10 championship, you can't come out and have those lapses and start off slow like that and sluggish and have that many missed tackles. So I do believe you're going to get a better, a stronger start. I think you'll see more from the running backs, the Master Teague and Trey Sermon, them getting more carries. I think the the issues on the old line will get fixed primarily because of the opponent, and you know that you can't uh, you can't have the miscommunication up front like they had in the running game. Pass protection was way better than I thought it would be, especially with some moving along the offensive line. But I, I do think it's going to be more about the Buckeyes getting off to a strong start. I do think. As you mentioned earlier, I mean, uh, the but, uh, excuse me, the Penn State defense will be huge, very, very big. Because if you watched during the Nebraska game, there were times of three, four of that three-four defense on Nebraska, the linebackers are shooting the gaps and they were blitzing, and it was it, it caused a little bit of trouble in the running game. They kind of picked it up in the passing game a little bit, but the old line had a little bit of issue with the front, the defensive front of Nebraska in the in the running game, and I do think. Penn State poses some of the same issues. It could cause some of the same hiccups that Nebraska posed to Ohio State as well. But I do think you find a stronger start, uh, a more determined. But one question I have, or the one thought I have is Ohio State can't miss as many tackles as they did against Nebraska. I was talking to Stephanie Odie, who was on Lock on Buckeyes on Tuesday. And I said, watching that first drive and some of the plays during that game on Saturday, it reminded me of game of plays during the Clemson game and the Fiesta Bowl. Buckeyes fans will hate this, but if you continue the the missed tackles, making that be a trend, I understand. There's new there's new people and new spots on the field. I like get all of that stuff, but you gotta forget all that stuff. Learn, figure out your angles, tackle. Use your bodies. Don't do all this arm tackle stuff. Tackle. Practice tackling. Tackle the way you practice every single day. Because if you don't, it could be a long, long day because that's all Sean Clifford needs, is a, a little sliver and a little hope and a little belief, and he'll start talking trash. But guys won't like that. Won't like it at all. So missed tackle, that's my one hesitation, because you can't continue that. and keep. I mean, there's so many things I can list as far as a couple things Well, Ohio State needs to do to fix. But I do think that a strong start is what Ohio State needs to not allow Penn State to get any momentum throughout the game.
1: I think it's going to be a pretty good defensive battle. I I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring shootout type of game. If it is, Penn State's in trouble. But I do think that defenses are going to be more the story of this game in particular. I I just feel like Ohio State has those wide receivers that gives them that advantage that we've seen so many times in this series in particular, where Ohio State has those wide receivers make those big plays that Penn State wishes they were able to make. Obviously, I know KJ Hamler had a big touchdown run in in the game. Uh, What was it? Two years ago, actually, maybe it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still, they don't necessarily have that kind of game changer right now, at least at the wide receiver position. So that's why I feel like Ohio State has that in their arsenal. That it's going to be a big advantage. And I think at some point, that's going to be a big difference here. Jay, I should remind people that are listening to this that this is part of a two-part crossover, if you will. I want to encourage people people listening to this podcast to go check out Locked on Buckeyes because we had a conversation over on Locked on Buckeyes as well. I'm going to allow you a chance to plug Locked on Buckeyes, tell people how they can check it out, anything else you've got going on too.
0: Yes, sir. Kevin, thank you so much for being here, for allowing me to be here today. I really appreciate it. You guys can check me out on Twitter at JSteven07. Uh, Pretty active on there. You can also follow the podcast, Locked on Buckeyes podcast on Twitter at Locked on Buckeye, no S at the end. You can also listen to the Locked on Buckeyes on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Same places as Kevin mentions, I'm sure, all the time as well. You can catch Locked on Buckeyes on there. Just hit the search engine, type in Locked on Buckeyes. You'll be able to uh, find the episode, the crossover episode. If you want to know any other things about Ohio State, listen to prior episodes as well. We encu- I encourage, I'm sure Kevin does as well, listen to other – uh shows on, on the lock on podcast network a lot of great hosts and a lot of great content to keep you up to date not just with your team but also other teams around the big 10 and other things other teams around other teams in sports not just big Ten house football
1: other things as well what do you mean jay there's things other than big 10 football surely you can't be serious <laughs> <laughs> jay thank you so much for the time we will definitely do this again at some point in time and uh enjoy the rest of the week and enjoy the game this weekend but not too yes, much. Yes sir, yes sir. But not too much.
0: <laughs> you too, Kevin.
1: All right, my thanks to Jay Stevens, host of the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. He also does the podcast, the Jay Stevens podcast, which I was a guest on last week as well. I do want to remind you one more time, though, that this was part of our crossover uh, interview session. So if you want to check out more of our conversation between the two of us, head over to today's episode of Locked On Buckeyes, again, available on all the major podcasting platforms. You can also check it out from LockedOnPodcast.com and hear what I had to say about Penn State. Obviously, some of the thoughts are some things that you've already heard before. But I do think it's fun to check out some of the other shows that are across the network. We have a lot of really good hosts covering every span of the Big Ten right now. So you want to make sure we're going to be talking to them throughout the season, of course. But you want to go check out some of the other coverage from some of these other Big Ten programs that is out there on the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, your team every day. We cover them all. So make sure you check them all out because there's a lot of good stuff. And of course, always check out that Locked On Big Ten podcast with our friend Ben Stevens. I will note when you go to check out today's episode of Locked on Buckeyes, I do have a comment about the the situation with the running back situation. And since we recorded this uh, prior to learning the latest news with Noah Kane, I did say in in the interview on his show that we didn't know exactly what the status was. So if you hear that, just be warned that that was recorded prior to knowing exactly what that situation was. So that's one of the perils of doing podcasts a little bit in advance. We recorded these interviews, I think, on Monday. So this is going to be slightly outdated, but definitely worth checking out. And uh, again, my thanks to Jay Stevens. We'll have all the information in our show notes, so you can go check it out from there as well. That's going to do it for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast and subscribing on all of your favorite podcasting apps, leaving those ratings, leaving those reviews, letting us know what you think about the podcast, because we do take that feedback seriously. We do try to build something that you want to come back to and share with your friends and family as well. You can also reach out to us in a variety of ways on our social media platforms on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch. And check out our latest video simulation for the upcoming game between Penn State and Ohio State. I updated the rosters to reflect the status that the running back situation is now uh, in flux for Penn State. So I had to rerun the simulation one more time uh let's be honest the first simulation didn't go all that well but that still had journey brown running the football too so we had to adjust the roster a little bit to be a little bit more accurate uh so be on the lookout for that see how penn state does in our version of ncaa football 14 on the playstation 3 it's always fun to do that and of course we have other stuff going on so make sure you are connected with us on all those social media platforms I'm Kevin McGuire. You can follow me on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. Check out my college football work covering a lot of Big Ten stuff on AthlonSports.com. Hey, and if you're an LSU fan, check out LSU Tigers Wire on the USA Today Network. I know we don't talk a lot of LSU here but I am contributing some articles over there as well and don't forget to check out my patreon patreon.com Kevin McGuire. that's it for today come back tomorrow we'll dive into a little bit more about this game in particular we'll take a look around some of the other things that are going to be happening in the big 10 this upcoming weekend and I've got a couple thoughts on the whole James Franklin controversy that people seem to manufacture on a regular basis anytime there is a slight crack in the foundation that is Penn State football. I've got some things to get off my chest once again. uh, We're going to dive into that in tomorrow's episode as well. So thank you so much again for listening. Have a great day, guys. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.